When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on youtube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on allsteelerstalk.com. Today, we're breaking down an, an utterly embarrassing, somewhat soul-crushing loss. And I know that it's only week two of the NFL season, and there's a long, long way to go. But at this point, I think it's already very apparent that there's issues on the offensive side of the football. and the Pittsburgh Steelers would just would be just fine if they were able to fix them. So we're going to dive as deep as possible into that. It's it's a dreary day here in the Berg. I think that's only fitting for how yesterday ended up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as always, how you feeling, my friend? Tired. A long weekend. This we were right in the thick of it. This uh, football season's a grind, but um, we're here. We're, it, we're ready to go. It was it was a grind this weekend. It's the night game. It's the co- college football night games should never exist. You know, like they should start at 530. That way they're over by 11 and everybody could be like last. Uh, when did when did the Cal- when did the Western Michigan game end midnight? And it was the fastest first quarter well, yeah. of all time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were just running the ball so much like they were eating clock up and it was so easy. But um, I was so optimistic when we finished the first half at like, yeah, I don't know before like nine o'clock or something and then yeah that that game second ended. half was a little bit longer but um yeah yeah game ended at midnight it was it was it was rough but it's all right we're two weeks in we got two and a half more months to go <laughs> and then college football season's over but the pittsburgh steelers let's turn our attention to the nfl rough day lost 17 to 14 on on a really like like i said a soul crushing way to end the game with six minutes left you give the ball up and they just run it down to nothing. I mean, that that one hurts. That's not how you want to lose. You want to give your offense an opportunity. But at that point, I don't think you could put any blame on the wide or on the defense. I think you look at the defense and you just say, I mean, if I played 75 minutes in two weeks, I'd be pretty exhausted too. And you're just going to keep running the football down my throat like New England does and find success doing. I mean, I, I can't put the blame on them. And people even say like, oh, well, Akella Witherspoon had a bad game. This person had a bad game. That person had a bad game. The TJ Watt impact. At the end of the day, 
you give up 17 points, you should expect to win. That's always been the rule in the NFL, and I don't think that changes. So I'm not putting any blame on the defense here. Right. I think it was clear, uh, especially on that last drive, how tired they were. Like you mentioned, the 75 minutes. But 75 minutes of also giving up just, I think they've averaged giving up 18 and a half points now this year. Um, that's good enough to win every week. Um, you know, 17 points is good allowed is good enough to win every week. 20 points allowed is good enough to win every week. But um, you're handicapped a little bit by by the offense that you're dealing with, um, not just from like a – a, you need to hold them to hold your opponent to such, uh, you know, to X number of points or whatever. But uh, your your defense is getting backed up by bad field position because your offense can't move the ball out of their own end, uh, can't push the ball downfield, can't flip the field. You know, Presley Harvin was like one of their better offensive weapons. Again, like uh, yeah. almost routinely, it seems like one of the Steelers' best offensive weapons is not someone who plays offense. Um, you know, yeah. last week it was Minka with the pick six. This week it's uh, it's uh, Presley Harvin flipping the field once or twice. Um, it, yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's bad. And that's the thing is it's been three years now of an offense talking about um, really four. If you go back to nine, well, I guess that's three about an offense talking about, oh, well, the defense just has to hold them to under 20 points and we should win. And then the offense still can't win. So the big question is who's to blame. That's obviously who you're looking at this. Mitch Trubisky, Matt Canada seem to line up one and two. The offensive line's taking a lot of heat. Some people are blaming Najee Harris. I think there's a lot to go into this. First off. I want everybody to toss their questions in the chat as we're going about the offense and about how we see things, because I would love to get everybody's opinions. Second, we have to do an ad read from Manscaped, and I'm going to be real upfront about this. We got to do it now because that way we we're not ending this conversation. I'm not breaking it up. We're going right into it. And I know that you're not going to, we're not going to want to stop. So there's a lot to talk about. I'm very excited to talk about it. But first we got a quick word here from our boys at Manscaped. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Maybe not without, maybe without Russell Wilson. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Meet the best-valued bundle yet for the Manscaped's Pocket Rockets, the Platinum Package. At quarterback, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure the unit is running smooth and scoring nonstop. With proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. At running back, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, built to bust through all the right holes. A hairless nostril just helps it keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. At wideout, the cleanest duo in the league, the ultra-premium body wash and ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. With their rugged scent, they attract both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd. Plus, they ha- the two of these have the two of these leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated. That means more plays on the field and less water breaks. At tight end, the product that makes your end look tight. 
Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs, a dedicated jewel pouch to increase ball handling, and a cool, steady vibe thanks to their moisture-wicking fabric. On defense, there's only one thing you need, the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. With refined cologne-quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear, so the opponents won't even know what hit them. To top it all off, we threw in the best coach in the league, the Shed Travel Bag, as a free bonus. Built to hold the team together, this travel bag, this travel size bag has a fumble-resistant zipper. This has to be a Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped, for turning your player into an MVP. All right, appreciate everybody sticking around. Let's get into it. Pittsburgh Steelers offense, bad. Terribly bad. It's been bad for years. Who's to blame? Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, Mitch Trubisky, the offensive line. Some have said that's about it. Some have said the offensive line. Some have said Najee Harris. That's where I was going with that. All right. Let's let's just open it up right here. You look at this group. It's bad. Mitch Trubisky already here in Kenny Pickett chance. Matt Canada should have been fired last year, in my opinion. When you look at this group, what is the issue? Where are you placing the blame? Yeah. Um, I think it's got to be Mitch. Um, Mitch is just, it's a bit, it's starting to feel more and more like just an uninspired pick a quarterback. Um, just someone who doesn't give you anything special. Um, and it's in an offense where you kind of need something a little bit more special. You need someone who can make plays and, and Mitch hasn't made a ton of mistakes. He threw his his first pick on Sunday, I believe, right? Um, yes. And yeah, that was first his first turnover preseason or regular season um, since he's been with the Steelers. But um, it's it's just he's not in a great situation, but he's not making the most of it either. Um, and the Steelers just need something a little bit more dynamic at that position if they want to be more successful. Um, whether it's uh, you know, not using his legs legs as much, not uh, throwing the ball downfield like people are talking about in the chat a lot. It's again just looks like an uninspired pick for an offense that uh, that you know needs a spark. He does need. They do need a spark, and the question is where are you going to get it? Because at first you look at it, and at a glance it looks like Mitch Trubisky, right? This is the issue. It's Mitch Trubisky. He's not looking downfield. He's not making reads. And don't get me wrong. The man process is slower than a snail moves. It's terrible. But there are a lot of plays where you look back and you talk to guys after the game, and they are very open about the fact that that play wasn't designed to succeed. The one that stands out the most is third and eight, a little dump off to Najee Harris, it wasn't a dump off. That was the play. The play on third and eight when you're down looking to get a spark was to take a two-step drop and throw it to Najee Harris. It was clear as day when it happened, and then Mitch Trubisky confirmed it. And at that point, you start to think, like, Mike Tomlin says it all the time, never live in your fears, never live in your fears, never live in your fears. I don't even understand what there is to be afraid of. Are you afraid of throwing the ball or turning the ball over? Are you afraid that... You're not going to get anything moving and you just have to get some type of first down because 
you look at this group and Matt Canada is surely living in his fears, has never stopped living in his fears. I mean, you got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Chase Claypool. What's what's stopping you from throwing the ball deep? Is that Trubisky or is that Matt Canada doesn't even allow him to do so? Right. And unless you kind of have the all 22 film right in front of you, that's a tough thing to that's a tough thing to, to dissect. But the reality is that Mitch Trubisky is also the the one on the field um, and yeah, the players agreed. are the guys on the field. Like they are the ones who can force that issue if if they see an opportunity. Like I, I doubt if, you know, Deontay Johnson sees single coverage against him, he's going to, you know, just keep his head down and, you know, run whatever five yard out or, you know, let whatever wheel route, you know, he's going to talk to Mitch and say, hey, I'm getting this matchup. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing whatever. This is open. Let's take a shot. Let's try it. Um, at some point, the players on the field have to make some plays. Um, and, and obviously the offense, the structure of the offense limits that in some ways. But, um, you know, that's to say that there is plenty of blame to go around and that, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, that's a real cop out answer. Like there's tons of blame to go around. But um, I do kind of put it more on the the guys on the field, I feel like, in my mind. So but, I mean, then there's, I, you know, sorry, I don't mean to keep rambling here. No, but no, like, no. This also kind of all has to come back to the front office too. Um, I think we one thing we know about Matt Canada is that his offenses thrive when he has a really good offensive line, and he certainly doesn't have that here. Um, and so this all comes back to decisions that the front office made with their personnel, um, and they're just, I think, tried to throw a lot of pieces that didn't really fit together together, and just said, "Look, we've got people who've been successful in different circumstances. Let's see if." throwing them all together can can work here and it hasn't i i agree with that i don't disagree with that i think that they they made a lot of the right moves and then one very very bad very bad move um i i have a hard time so like i don't want to defend mitch because i i don't think that mitch is a good quarterback do i think kenny pickett should start not not right now not yet I think you have to get rid of Matt. Because if you put Kenny Pickett in here with Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator, you're going to get the same stuff just with Kenny Pickett at your quarterback. My issue here is, and and we know this just from being around play NFL players, even if you're a quarterback, you don't always get a say in what you get to do on the field. A lot of the times the offensive coordinator says you have to throw the football here. This is your first read. You have maybe up to three reads. If Matt Canada is designing these plays where the first read is, a, is an out route to Najee, the second read is a dump off, or is a quick pass to Pat Fryermuth, and the third read is to scramble, I mean, Mitch Mitch is told that's what he has to do, and you just hear it constantly. You heard it in his post-game press conference. You know, the blame's on me. The blame's on me. We got to buy into this offense. What are they buying into? What is the offense? There is no offensive identity. Is that Does that come with the run game? Does that come with the fact that you can't throw the football because last week we were making excuses or defending Mitch because the run game sucked this week. You're just looking at it. Well, this was the passing game. The passing game was atrocious. And if you were able to do anything, maybe it opens up the run game. And the way I look at this is, is, is very simple. And I know that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the minority here. If Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers at the end of the season, Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan have failed this team. 
No excuses. They've done a lot of good this offseason, a ton, more than I've seen them do in a long time. But there is one glaring need, and you could say, oh, the Steelers don't fire coordinators, the Steelers don't fire coaches. Usually there's some respect there. There's a, there's a level of they've earned an opportunity to redeem themselves. Matt Canada hasn't earned anything. He's made excuses for two years and has failed to follow through with anything that he says. So say, do you, first off, let's start here before we get into the quarterbacks and we're going to answer the Kenny Pickett, will he start question? Do you think at any point Matt Canada gets fired and how much worse does it need to get? If you don't think it's going to happen now for that conversation to become real. Yeah, it's a it's a good question because I don't think we've learned anything new about Matt Canada. I mean, I think these results have been kind of predictable um, ever since. I, I guess you don't you didn't think the uh, the running game would be this bad, especially with Najee. Um, but yeah, I, I so that just leads me to believe that have it would have to get much worse for uh, for Matt Canada to be fired at least before the season ends. Um, I could definitely see it, you know, it, during the off season. I could see them kind of getting through this year and then kind of starting fresh, assuming that at the end of this year they're going to transition to maybe someone else at quarterback when Mitch's contract is up and stuff like that. Um, it seems less likely that'll happen mid-season. Um, just because, again, because they knew what they were getting into. If they were going to, if they wanted a change, they knew that they would have wanted a change much earlier. Um, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it would have to get much, much worse. I feel like for them to to make an immediate change mid-season, because especially because an immediate change mid-season, I don't know how much that changes. It would just take a lot for them to to improve midseason after firing an offensive coordinator, you know, that, that, that improvement wouldn't be as immediate. And at that point, you know, what are you, you know, why are you, why are you changing horses in the middle of a river? If it's not actually going to help you. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. The, the, there is the conversation. There is the topic of who are you going to replace them with? Who's going to call the offensive plays. This is a very defensive minded coaching staff. Mike Sullivan doesn't have the experience as an offensive coordinator. I don't know who calls the plays, but if you're looking at this, what what is drastic? Like, how long do you carry this out? That's how I look at this. Is mm-hmm. if, if your offense could only score 14 points a week with all of these weapons, because there are a ton of weapons on this team. Uh, like, it's not it's not 2019 where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is bad, or 2018 or 2017. I mean, like, you could go back. The Steelers have made much more out of much worse. Right now, this might be the best offense they've had in five-plus years outside of the quarterback position. What If you keep putting up 14 points a game and you continue to lose, I mean, you're looking at a 1-5 and five record, or I guess a 2-4 and four record, because chances are you're going to beat the Jets, which maybe not. Maybe but you're yeah. not going to beat the Jets yeah, yesterday. Like you, you might not. Yeah, that's not a gimme at all. But that's what I'm saying. You head into a week where you're 2-4, and 1-5, and five, I mean, you're just content with hanging out, or is that what you mean? Like, is that the point where you're like, oh, okay, at that point, maybe something happens? Right. I think when it becomes so clear that, you know, even, uh, yeah, when it's when it becomes so clear that that your offense is holding your defense back, um, I guess if you can kind of, if you think that this team is just mediocre in general, um, and just you know, even with a with a slightly better offense, that they they wouldn't win anything significant, I think that's 
that's kind of the threshold for for firing a coordinator. If it's so abundantly clear that the defense is um, at such a level that you you that if it confirms what we what we all kind of think about uh, what we think about the defense and that the offense is kind of holding back a I'll be like quite honestly a championship caliber defense like that's yeah. I think that's the point where you say that's when we need a change. Um, and, I, I don't know what that exactly looks like, but. Yeah. But you have to think that it, it's close. Like mm-hmm. the Steelers defense, even without TJ Watt, and there's a lot of comments in here about, oh, no sacks, no sacks. The Steelers defense didn't look great, and they still only gave up 17 points. Mm-hmm. That's right. impressive. That's mm-hmm. that that's a winning defense. That's a defense that's going to carry you places. I mean, there's a lot of defenses that, that do much worse. And, yeah, you have to get to the quarterback. But if you watch to New England, and you, and you, if you knew anything about New England and how the difference between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow in the pocket, and you expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to walk in here with five sacks, you don't know much about what's going on at the quarterback position because Mac Jones in the pocket is a totally different player than Joe Burrow, who's just going to do everything he can to make a play. No sacks, you got to get to the quarterback. But I still think it was a good day for the defense outside of that six minute drive at the end. You got to stop that, you got to give your offense an opportunity. But again, when you play 75 minutes in two weeks, you got to be exhausted. This is not a young defense. This is a defensive line that's aged. I just, I think that there's, there's issues. And I think at some point you, you have to, you have to look at this and you have to say, how, how bad does do things have to get before you make a decision? The other decision is at quarterback. If it's not time to fire Matt Canada, at what time is it to start Kenny Pickett? Because the chance started yesterday in the third quarter. Our boy Snagger R2K. Will Kenny Pickett start in week three? I'm going to say a quick no to that one. Too fast of a turnaround. It doesn't make sense. Maybe in week four when there's nine days of a gap. And I'm not even certain that's it. When, if it's not Matt Cannon, if you're not going to make a change at offensive coordinator, are you going to make a change at quarterback? at any point. Oh yeah. I think you, I could totally see them making it. I, like you said, week four would probably be the earliest that they do it. I, I think I feel like they wouldn't make the change that quickly. Um, I don't know, just a hunch a little bit, but yeah, no, certainly. Um, I, I just do wonder how much would this offense change with Kenny, uh, under center, especially given the stuff that we talked about, um, just kind of play design, the uh the reads that Kenny's gonna have to make like are they going to be different enough like is is just plugging Kenny into an offense that handicaps mobile quarterbacks who maybe want to throw deep is that going to change anything um so I think that's the the biggest question you have to uh you have to ask yourself is if you plug Kenny in there are you going to also adjust the scheme are you going to is the offensive line going to get any better? Is the running game going to get any better? Is Are any of these things, these other things that we could blame the offense for, assign criticism to the offense for, are those going to change or get any better just by plugging Kenny in? Uh, you know, he obviously gives you make, gives you a more dynamic playmaker at that position. You know, someone who's younger, a little more unknown. You, I don't know, you can convince yourself that maybe he's a ceiling raiser, but I, I'm not sold on that yet. So, do, the game, the the game plan needing to change. That's what stood out about what you just said. Because does it feel like this game plan is built for Mitch? Do you get that when you watch? Because I mean, Mitch makes a lot of dumb, dumb decisions, like terrible, like 
at the end of the, the first half to not throw the ball away and keep yourself seven seconds instead taking a sack when you're trying to get out of bounds and there's two seconds left on the clock. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like there, there's just like your, your brain just isn't working fast enough to be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. And there's a lot of plays like that. Don't get me wrong. So is that Matt Canada saying, I don't have a quarterback that processes things enough? Or is it Matt Canada not having a scheme built for Mitch? And if if Kenny's better and definitely, definitely processes things better, do you expect that change? Like, would you expect Matt Canada to actually make a change to his game plan? Well, I so let's assume that this this offense is built for Mitch. Uh, I, I you could make that argument like it it doesn't ask him to take a ton of risks. Um, it, it's relatively simple. I don't I don't know. Like I I, I think Kenny and Mitch are kind of similar players. Um, uh, like both kind of mobile, use their legs, like to be a little creative. Um, but I yeah I don't I just don't know what like so to that end like if you are, why would you do something for Kenny Pickett that you're not doing or that you're not doing for Mitch already? Uh, if you've got kind of two players who play in similar styles, why would you do for one what you wouldn't do for other? That would just make no sense to me either. Like if you're, if you're not willing to take the training wheels off for Mitch, how, why would you be willing to take them off for the rookie making his, you know, making his rookie day, making his debut in the NFL? Exactly. Look, at, I think that at some point you got to start Kenny during the season. I don't think the Steelers are a playoff team at this point, which sucks to say, because I think that the defense is built to be a playoff team and they have the weapons to be a playoff team. But I think right now the Steelers are and I know it's only week two. I get it. I'm not trying to overreact, but just looking at yesterday and week one, an offense has to score points for a team to win games. It's just how the NFL works. You're looking at Mitch Trubisky, and, and everybody says it. I mean, Chase Claypool said it after the game. You got to go deep. We have to go deep a little bit more. We we put an emphasis on that, and then nothing happened. Pat Fryermuth said, you got to trust your guys deep a little bit more. Najee Harris said, we have all the weapons, and it's frustrating. Everybody's aware that this team can do everything to open up the field, and the offensive line has played well enough at, at spurts that you could trust them. It just comes down to there's nothing that gives anybody an opportunity to make a play deep because either it's Mitch or it's Matt Canada. And like you said, the training wheels, if it feels like Mitch is handicapped and this offense is handicapped and Matt Canada isn't going to do anything because he doesn't want to risk things with his quarterback. You put Kenny Pickett in there. If Matt Canada is already living in his fears, I could only imagine how bad it would get with Kenny Pickett because he's going to look at this in a couple of ways. One, this is my last shot. You know, we've switched quarterbacks. Now this is on me. I got to win games. Two, this is a rookie quarterback and nobody wants to screw up the development of a rookie quarterback. So you're telling me like, no, you, you said it and I agree with you. You're telling me that the offense isn't going to take a step down because at that point I would just look at it and say they would do literally nothing. Like there would be no deep shots, no anything. And maybe it goes the other way. Maybe Tomlin has a conversation with Matt Canada. And I, I think that these things could actually happen. I would be very shocked if nobody's talking to Matt Canada this morning. And there's word of, look it, we're going to put Kenny in here. It's week four. 
got to do what we got to do. This is your last opportunity. You got to make something happen. And maybe then he flips a switch. And I think Kenny would be a better quarterback than Mitch. But at the same time, like, I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're putting up 30 points a game with Kenny Pickett in there because I think that the play calling is just equally as bad. Right. I found myself saying during the game yesterday, I was like, I, I, I almost, I was almost rather that, I watch Mitch throw five picks, at least being aggressive and like taking some risks. Oh, easy. And then like throwing these dump offs and having to punt on, you know, throwing these dump offs on third and eight, third and 10 or whatever, and watching them punt again. Like, I, I don't know. It's just gotten to the point where it's, it's that frustrating to watch, I guess, if you're a fan, if you have any like vested interest in them, because they're not even, it doesn't even seem like they are trying to, they, they are content with how bad they are. And I think that's the that's I think the biggest indictment of of where this offense is going. Um, so I want to address this one real quick, and I agree with you 100. percent Like if Mitch if Mitch took a million shots and none of them succeeded, at least you know, at least you look at that and you're like, okay, well, that's not going to work. Let's figure something else out. But right now you're just looking at it and going, well, the offensive line isn't doing enough to open up the running game, and three yard passes to Najee Harris aren't working. But, you know, let's just continue to do all that and see if something eventually clicks. I want to address this comment right here because you would know. Matt Canada's there's a lot of people that use this excuse. Kenny Pickett would know Matt Canada's offense because it's Pitt's offense. Just just to get the record straight here. Kenny Pickett never played for Matt Canada at Pitt. Matt Canada was gone. Did the did the Pitt offense change? Is it a different offense since because there was like a two year gap. Before oh, yeah. Kenny was a full-time starter between Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett. Uh yeah, it's it's completely different. Um, I think all the yes. like bells and whistles that you saw from that you usually see from a Matt Canada offense, like the motion, the shovel passes, the um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's not it wasn't there when Kenny uh when Kenny actually took over as a starter, um, especially full time. Um, yeah, no, that that wasn't there. Uh, Matt Cannon recruited, I mean. Ken, helped recruit Kenny, but it was not, yeah, he was not a coach for Kenny at all. No, exactly. And I think that gets lost in this a lot is there's a whole, there's like a narrative that Kenny and Matt already have mm-hmm. a relationship. They don't, they recruited him and yeah, he got him to Pitt, but then he was gone by the time he was at Pitt. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, I just, I think Kenny's a good answer. Okay. I agree. And I'm not I, I don't want to like act like I, I'm a Mitch supporter because I don't think that I am. I just I don't I just think that the whole you're going to get thrown into the wolves thing is so real. And it's bad wolves when they're on your own team and it's your offensive coordinator calling plays. I do. I will give you this. I think this could be the first year that Matt Canada that that the Steelers fire a coach in season since I've covered this team. Like there was a lot of Randy Feekner needs to get fired all season long. Keith Butler needs to get fired all season long. I think this is the, like Matt Canada, it, from what I've heard, and this is just what I've heard. Matt Canada isn't very respected in the locker room. Isn't very respected amongst the coaching staff. When I was at the NFL combine, I was told from, from like a very big name within the NFL that there is nobody in Pittsburgh that sits around thinking Matt Canada is the future offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just, and I think at that point, you know, you gave him an opportunity. You wanted to see what he brought, but I just, I think at some point he's, he's got to go. 
He's got to go. Um, I'm trying to look at questions. There's really not a lot of questions. It's really just a lot of Matt Canada, Mitch Trubisky, Mike Tomlin suck. Are you putting any blame on on Mike Tomlin? Um, yeah. I mean, like some has to get like I like I said, the like roster construction is obviously an issue too. Like, there's no perfect part of this offense. You can maybe say the receivers and pass catchers, Pat Fryermuth and uh and Najee, like those are that's a real talented group, but like there we kind of you could see this coming from miles away from months out uh you knew that this offense was not going to be spectacular so you know and you knew that because of the personnel you knew that because of the offensive line you knew that because mitch trubisky is mitch trubisky like you know he's not a game changer he's not going to be able to account for something as as dramatic as having the worst offensive line in the league let's say it plainly um so yeah, I, I think some does fall on Mike Tomlin and and the front office. Um, the hires they made, yeah. the personnel they added, they have to take some of the blame for that too. But when you have an offense this bad, the the blame has to be wide reaching, just naturally. I I agree. I agree. I think that the Steelers didn't address, like you said, the offensive line at all. They tried to bring in two guys, two guys, one of which, I mean, James Daniel said it yesterday. He was like, "Yeah, this feels like when we were losing in Chicago, and it's frustrating." I'm like, yeah, yeah well, you're part of the problem there, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you didn't have a good game whatsoever. And maybe it's a coincidence that you and your quarterback aren't succeeding anywhere in the NFL because the two of you might not be super great. Right. You didn't address the offensive line. You made, I mean, I got the OC thing. Like I got the given Matt Canada, another, another opportunity thing. I saw how it's tough to work with Ben Roethlisberger if you're an offensive coordinator and run your own offense. But at the same time, like you should be good enough to run a, an offense built from Ben Roethlisberger, just like you should be good enough to run an offense built from Mitch Trubisky. I, and it just doesn't seem like that. So I agree with you. I think that, uh, I agree. I, I think that you have to blame Tomlin to some of it. There's a lot of comments about him living in our fears. I think I've said living in my fears a dozen <laughs> times in this. I don't like how much I've said it. Mm. I agree with that. I think Tomlin makes a lot of excuses for himself, especially as of late. And, you know, he's kind of running out of excuses. Do I think he's a fireable head coach? No, I think he's the second best, maybe the third best head coach in football, arguably fourth, if depending on how you rate Sean McVay. But I, I, I mean, he's running out of opportunities in my head to not not remain the coach. He's always going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers coach. But to look at and say, okay, I respect the decisions that you're making because it's been a minute since you've looked at this and said, oh, okay, well, you know, Mike Tomlin's actually doing some stuff to keep his team alive instead of just being a good coach, which he is a good coach. But there's a lot more to that than just being Mike Tomlin. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot more to that than just being Mike Tomlin. Um, there's a question up here about George Pickens. Oh, what's taking so long to fire Matt Canada? I think this is this comes down to a very simple philosophy. The Pittsburgh Steelers treat their employees with a ton of respect, and I like that. But I, I don't think Matt Canada has earned any respect, and I think at some point that's going to catch up to him. And I, I would say in in the next couple of weeks, maybe we see that that you know that isn't great that isn't great um i'm trying to look for some yeah i think i mean like tomlin is obviously a defensive guy i don't think you can you can 
you know, really expect him to mastermind yeah, you can't. that can overcome these. But I mean, that just points to he's he's limited as a coach that, you know, a lot of coaches yeah. are. And it's not a knock against him to say that he is really good at one thing and not not great at another. Um, I, I agree. Do you like this question? Eric? Could you could Tomlin be persuaded to retire Bill Cower style? So Flores can be the head coach next season. Um, yeah. I don't mean to laugh, but no. The answer is just no. Don't think so. No. Mike Mike Tomlin's here until Mike Tomlin doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I just no, that's just the end of it. The Brian Flores thing was not a come here to replace Mike Tomlin or Terrell Austin's. It was Brian Flores needs a job. Mike Tomlin was on a phone with them, and Flores mentioned, "Hey, I would work in Pittsburgh," and he said, "Oh, well, okay," and then made a call to Rooney the next morning, and that's how that worked. That's actually exactly how that works. Um. Should the Steelers bring number seven Ben Roethlisberger in as their offensive coordinator? Let's let's talk about this one, okay? I like this one because this was the second time that I've seen this comment in the chat. I mean, is it a is it a terrible idea? I don't think so. Would you I, do it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I would bring in someone with like coaching experience. Um, I yeah, I I don't know, maybe Ben could be a really good offensive coordinator someday. Doesn't seem like something he really wants to do. Um, but also I I just have no idea what he would be like as a coach. So I can't really say for sure. But yeah, I'd go with someone who I actually know what kind of offense they would run. Um and like someone who has experience and philosophy like coaching that yes. yeah no I that yeah, no, no, I would not do that. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, you could look at all all of the former players turned coaches. There are very few of them that jump right from playing to offensive coordinating. I mean, I think you just, maybe like a quarterback's coach, you bring him in as just like an assistant or something to work with some guys. I could see that, and then he works his way up. I could see Ben coaching. I mean, but a lot of what Ben did that was so successful was just like, okay, I know what's going to work right now. So you go do this, you go do this, you go do this. I'm going to find somebody that's open. That's what, that's what Ben, that's what Ben made a hall of fame career off of is just like, I will make this play work and I see how it's going to work. That's not always the easiest thing to translate to. Okay, Mitch, go do this. Everybody run this route. I don't have a play name for it. Go do it. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. Like it's hard yeah. to drop plays in the dirt when you're standing there with a headset on and you only get to talk to one person. It's a totally different game. But yeah, you know, do I think down the road maybe? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, cheat so they would win. Trying to catch. There's a. Oh, here's a question. If the Steelers are down by 10 or more at halftime and Mitch is struggling, do you put Kenny Pickett in? Let's not even look at Cleveland because I think it'd be tough to go down 10 or more against Cleveland the way that offense has looked, which it hasn't looked bad. But I, I, it's with the way the Steelers' defense looks, it's hard to say that they're going to go down 14 points that early in the game. But say, say you are down 14 this week, next week, you know, we're going to we're going to act like nobody's winning. They haven't won a game since week one. Could you see a scenario where Kenny Pickett comes out of halftime at some point as the starting quarterback? Do you think that and more specifically, like that's when they would make that quarterback change? Obviously, is halftime. Do you do you see that? Like, do you see a scenario where Kenny Pickett is the starting quarterback 
to come out of a halftime during the season at any point? I I really don't. Um, I I'll tell you what. I'll put it this way: If I was head coach of the Steelers, if I was Matt Canada, if I was Mike Tomlin, I would not throw Kenny into a game at halftime. I would give him a full week of work, if not more. Like you said, that week four where they uh, where they have the long week after um, after the Thursday night game this week against Cleveland. Um, yeah, throw him in when he has a full week of work with the ones um, when he can be like right in the thick of preparation for a new team. Um, just the biggest question I think, and this all comes back to just how much better do you think Kenny Pickett would be in the same scheme? Um, zero, zero percent better. Right. And so if you don't, at least so if, if you know, he's not going to be an instant spark an instant game changer, then give him a full week of practice to work on it. Uh, you know, let, uh, yeah, just don't don't throw don't throw him to the wolves when you don't need to. Um, don't make it any harder on him just because you, as Mike Tomlin or Matt Canada, are kind of backed into a tough spot. Um, that that doesn't seem like that seemed like a really desperate move. Uh, that I don't think that they are desperate enough to make yet. No, I don't think they're desperate enough to make. I don't think we could see that. And I have to retract my zero percent sentence or whatever because I I think that they would he would I think Kenny processes things a lot quicker than. Mitch does. I think Kenny is much more of a playmaker than Mitch is, you know, like he'd, he'd make a move on his feet where Mitch seems afraid to run the football. I think that he would do those things, but like you said, the grand scheme of things, like you could only make a couple of plays before the offensive game plan holds you back. What about this one? This has been asked twice now is Mason a better bet for week three. So we haven't even talked about Mason Rudolph, but Mason Rudolph, I feel is it's easier to adjust to an offense because you're a veteran and toss him into a situation. than Kenny Pickett. Now I'm not going to ask week three. I mean, let, let me hear it. Cause that was the question. Do you think that it would be a better bet for week three putting Mason Rudolph in there? No. Okay. So do you think that Mason could be an idea where you where where you think okay well we have three guys we're looking for the best option maybe we give Mason a shot because he's a veteran we haven't figured this offense out and we don't want to throw Kenny into the wolves uh, again it comes back to do you think Mason would run this offense any better than Mitch like I don't I don't think so I think Mason I think Mitch is a more talented player than Mason um I think you would get the same like sure you can do it I don't think you're going to get any different results um if anything you're just going to watch Mason get get to hit and sacked and like at the very least Mitch is a little bit creative and can create you can get you a little bit of time with his legs behind that offensive line I yeah Mason seems not even redundant it it feels regressive it's like not it is exactly what you don't need for this offense um so no I don't I don't could not really imagine them bringing in Mason um no I'm not going to change my spot on Mason. I think, you know, they've treated Mason right. terribly, but I was never somebody ever. My It has never come out of my mouth one time that Mason Rudolph should be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I will not change that now. Just not going to happen. Um, this one could be true. Kyle, man, you got to go back because I saw your comment before. I appreciate you. We, we did it early so that we could have a full conversation about this, but I do, man. I appreciate that. Um, I saw one in here. I want to get to it. 
maybe I, Oh, do you think you've, you've watched Kenny? You've watched Mitch now for a couple of games. Do you think Kenny has a better ball placement than Mitch? Because I, I will say that when Mitch does throw it deep, they are always just riding the, the out of bounds line, the sideline. Thank you. Couldn't think of words. They're always riding. Like I have, he's never thrown it more than maybe half a yard inside the white line when he's throwing it deep. Do you think Kenny Pickett has better ball placement? You've watched him for two years now, a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I watched him. I watched him in college. Um, that's obviously a completely different thing than uh than the NFL. Um, in college, he was incredibly accurate. I thought. Um, I thought he always he had a good he had a good idea of timing. Um, I thought he had a good I thought he had good touch on the deep balls for the most part. If anything, maybe left him left him a little short too often, but um, yeah, I I would say especially compared to what we've seen from. Mitch through these first two games, I I think of Kenny as a more accurate quarterback than than Mitch. Obviously, it's college versus NFL. You can't exactly put a whole lot of stock into it. Um, even Kenny's NFL experience is mostly preseason stuff. So, um, but yeah, I I think I think I'm I think from what I've seen from both of them, I I would probably lean towards Kenny as being the more accurate quarterback or just better with ball placement. Um. I think you can make more of those like NFL throws that you need. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think so. I don't, know, I, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I think that Kenny's shown that. I mean, you look at dude, Mitch has had one good year of football and it came his second season in the NFL. And during that time, he ran the football a ton, a ton. Mm-hmm. He threw like 26 touchdowns, like, which is nice, but that's not a, that's not a ton of touchdowns. You don't want if your quarterback throws 26 touchdowns consistently in a season, you better have the best damn running game in football because mm. that's not going to win you games. Like Mitch could throw 26 touchdowns this season and the Steelers could score 14 points a game. That's not super impressive. So I agree with you 100%. Let's finish here. Cuz we we've, we've gone full circle. We talk about everything we could possibly talk about. We've identified what the issues are, okay? And there's only a couple of solutions. So what do you think happens first? And this is the best way to end this. Matt Canada gets fired or Kenny Pickett is named the starter. I think Kenny named the starter happens before they fire Matt Canada. Um, I think, cause I think Kenny starts at some point this year. Um, okay. I, did I think you we, think that coming into the season. Yes, I did. Okay. So maybe my timeline gets pushed up a little bit, but I even thought, you know, maybe week eight, week six, maybe something like that. Um, so yeah, I I I assumed Kenny was gonna get a start, get starts at some point this season. So I yeah, I'd have to assume that that happens much before Canada gets fired. Um yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think that Kenny gets tossed in there, but I'll I'll double down on that and I say I think that there's a good opportunity. Good shot. If I, you know, I've lost 17 bets in a row. Let's not act like I'm having a good year when it comes to my bets. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, I think that there's a good shot that both of those things happen by the end of the season, especially unless Kenny comes in here and oh. saves Matt Canada's job, which would mm-hmm. suck. You don't want that to happen. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you don't want it to, to come out and Kenny come in here. And then throw for seven, you know, seven touchdowns a game and like Kenny become the greatest thing ever because 
it's that's Kenny Pickett. That's not Matt Canada, which, you know, that's a tough line to, to ride because you want to win football games. You want to be a Super Bowl champion. But at the same time, you know, you got to get the pieces together for long term success. That's Matt Canada. I would say I'm going to go with both of them. I'm going to go Kenny first, obviously, but I think that there's a there's a oh, shot yeah. that both. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to att- uh, address this before we head out here. Do you think that offensive guy, our players want Kenny to play? I will say no to that because last night I talked to a lot of names on the offense and every single one of them at one point or another said Mitch played well. And I think that's the notion is they do have faith in Mitch. They don't have faith in the play calling and they don't have faith in, in how things are being executed. But I don't think it's Mitch Trubisky. I, I don't think that they're sitting around going, man, our quarterback sucks. I think they're just looking at it going, I wish there were plays designed to actually let him read where I am on the football field. And that's where you're going to see a lot of frustration in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and those guys as the year goes on. All right, we're heading out of here. I appreciate everybody for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video and be a friend, tell a friend to go use our promo code at Manscaped for 20% off plus free shipping i will be back tomorrow with a live stream after no i guess tomlin tuesdays today so i will be back tomorrow with a live stream after the locker room me and steven will be back on wednesday like i said make sure to subscribe to us and like this video enjoy the rest of your day peace (laughs)